Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're continuing our series on hobbies and uh, visiting with our friends about the hobbies that have been meaningful to them. Uh, using their hands and, uh, and working, maybe making something, creating something. We're going to continue that conversation with our friends right here in the Coffee Hour. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us this morning, the Reverend Randy Asbury, pastor at Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Pastor Asbury, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. Good to hear your voice and looking forward to uh, sharing about the uh, a hobby I think that has it, it appears to be very important to you, and that is woodworking. Where did your interest in woodworking begin, Pastor? Boy, it is kind of hard to pinpoint, but I think back to, um, what was it, my eighth grade year in uh, middle school, or back then it was called junior high, <laughs> and I had a shop class, and uh, one of the electives I, I signed up for was woodworking. So I really hadn't done anything before that other than, I don't know, play with Lincoln Logs or Legos and make different <laughs> things. You know, I've always liked to make things. And so I took the shop class and learned all kinds of neat tricks and Got to use all kinds of uh, really powerful tools, RRRs, uh, Tim the Toolman <laughs> might say, you know, and and I guess that's kind of where it started. I've always had a love and you know tinker with things, and then over time realize, hey, I still like that. Let's go back to it over and over again, and it's just a very uh, fun, very fulfilling. Lincoln logs are the best start to everything, and also shop class. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so then how did uh, how did this uh, skill or, or hobby uh, evolve over the last several years to uh, to now making the things that you make now? Well, a lot of it's just the desire to be in in, in the shop, uh, which means desire to be productive. It's kind of a therapeutic release for me. Okay, what can I do? Um, I remember it's been about, oh, I don't know, 11, 12 years ago, I was on a sabbatical and doing the same thing, therapeutic uh, time in the shop. And a uh, fellow pastor said, hey, can you build me some bookshelves? So I found a design and uh, in one of my woodworking magazines and, and uh, showed it to him. He says, that's it. So enjoyed doing that. And then from there, just kind of, what else can I do? What else can I do? Uh, and uh, then a few years ago, um, what's it been, about 2015, 2016, something like that, I had uh, a parishioner ask, have you ever thought of making prayer kneelers? I said, hmm. oh, no, I hadn't. So I did some research, looked at different uh, pictures, designs, and whatnot online, and then uh, came up with my own design, uh, drew it out myself and figured out, okay, how can I be unique in, in some of these features, as well as how can I do this <laughs> <You know? laughs> in, in, with my tools, with my skill set, with my uh, setup? And uh, I've made several uh, prayer kneelers and came up with uh, two different, or th actually now three different kinds of prayer kneelers. And uh, I get uh, a request now and again, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? So I'm, I'm always thinking, what could I do next? Uh, and just, you know, practice makes perfect sort of thing. And then other inspiration comes up uh, as, as uh, you know, events unfold and, and time goes on. I had uh, one pastor friend of mine a few years ago. Uh, talk to me. He says, uh, 
says, Randy, I've got these uh, uh, slats of bowling alley wood. Hmm. His church used to have a bowling mm-hmm. alley in their school, and they had to remodel and take out all the wood. And so this company came, and they cut the bowling lanes, two or three of them, I think, into these slabs and uh, gave him several of them as a uh, what a reward or a, or a price or fee. <laughs> and he says, I'd like to make a table. I said, oh, I've never worked with that kind of wood before. It's uh, If you know bowling alley wood, it's a very hard maple kind of wood, hard to work with. And so we made a table for him. And then uh, he paid me with a couple of, of those slabs, and or one of them, I should say. And so after that project, I looked at, at those slabs and said, hey, I can make two end tables out of that. So and just, you know, the, the sky's the limit on some of these ideas sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you made end tables out of those, did you make lamps out of bowling pins by chance? <gasps> no, I did not. But the <laughs> now legs... Now you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to have to. But the legs on these tables, I shaped them like bowling pins. Nice. Oh, yeah. That nice. is really cool. <laughs> So how do you, when, when you, you accept a challenge like this, when someone approaches you with a, a, a new project, how do you go about learning the new skills needed for that project? Are you the, are you the researcher? Are you searching all over YouTube? Are you getting books and, and reading through books? Or do you find someone else and, and uh, learn hands-on from them? How do you learn a new skill when you need to add to your repertoire? Ah, good question. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you keep learning new skills every project, even uh, if it's something you've done before and you're repeating, like my prayer kneelers. Oh, I can do this differently uh, or different process. But I, I do tend to be a researcher. I'll look things up in, you know, maybe one of my magazines or, uh, you know, look to one of my uh, woodworking shows I watch just about every Saturday when I can. Um, if anything there fits, um, I'll look at different plans and say, oh, can I do this or can I do that? No, maybe not. Maybe a different uh, way to do it. But I do rely on YouTube a lot because there's a lot <laughs> out there. And so I'll just type in, search for, you know, make a prayer kneeler or make an end table or something like that. And uh, so I'll research it. And so when somebody comes to me and says, uh, can you make me this? Uh, my first thought is, okay, can I? <laughs> is it possible <laughs> in the, the tools I have and, and uh, my interest, really, to be honest? And then if I think I can, then, yeah, let me research. In fact, I'll give you one example. I had uh, a member of mine. He's one of my shut-ins. Uh, a couple months ago, he says, Pastor, can you make me a shepherd's crook? Huh. Like, shepherd's crook? Why do you want a shepherd's crook? <laughs> You're not out tending sheep or anything like this, so I'm not sure what he wants it for. He still hasn't told me. But um, I said, well, what do you have in mind? And he wants it to be something more ornate, so it's not used for the actual herding of sheep. Um, he wants something uh, different in mind. And we talked about, uh, well, could, could you bend the wood? Could you cut the wood out and things like this? Different um alternatives and, and ways to go about it. But uh, so I'm going to be working on that very soon here. That is a really interesting, interesting project. Uh, talking about all of the, the technical stuff, um, what what are some of the, the things that uh, that someone would need to know uh, going into this, because there's there's all these different kinds of wood, and there's different kinds of tools, um, and and doing all this research. What are some of those things that that are the the first steps for getting into this? 
Well, you've hit on a couple of them already there, Sarah, the uh, kinds of wood, uh, different tools. Uh, but the first thing I would say to anybody wanting to start out is, uh, number one, if you're interested, just start. Even if you only have uh, some simple hand tools, there are all kinds of things you can make with what you already have. And then over time, uh, you'll grow in that uh, knowledge and, and how many tools you have. Because uh, one of my uh, uh, philosophies is, and you can ask my wife about this, every project needs a new tool. <laughs> That's just, uh, an unwritten of law of the Medes and Persians, you know. Uh, but <laughs> but over time, uh, you, you you gain that wisdom and, and you, you talk to others, others who are already doing it. So like my pastor friend with the bowling alley would, he, he really didn't have any shop tools other than, you know, a little toolbox with, you know, some wrenches and a hammer sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and in those few years since then, he said, oh, I've, I've got this new tool. Okay, great. <laughs> you know how to use it. Uh, so you have to learn how to use the tool as well. Um, and, and, and there are all kinds of uh, tips out there, videos and, and uh, um, books and magazines that give uh, – suggestions on what kind of tool do you start with? You know, a drill, a handsaw, uh, when do you go to a table saw, you know, a router, that sort of thing. And, and so just, you know, take it easy as you're comfortable with it. But also um, uh, safety is a big thing. Always make sure you're safe because, you know, those metal blades cut through flesh pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I, I do not have experience in that. As uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody I've heard uh, once said, don't trust a shop teacher with missing fingers. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you want to be careful and, and know the tool and know how to be safe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why, why woodworking? What is it that you, you love about woodworking? What keeps you coming back to the shop? Well, I think, first of all, Andy, it's uh, the prospect of making something, uh, as you said in your opening, being productive with your hands. I think God has created us to be creative. Uh, he, he's given us this ability to make things. Now, he made the world out of nothing, but we have to start with material uh, that he's already given us. Uh, so that's one thing. We're, we just have this urge to make things. Uh, secondly, um, what what I really love about wood is it's, uh, it's warm. It's easy to work with. You can uh, cut it, shape it, uh, mold it, sand it, you know, give it color if you want or not, uh, all kinds of different options. But there's just something about those two things of, of the, the warmness, friendliness of wood, but also being able to make things. And then just the sense of satisfaction uh, that, hey, I accomplished something here. And then when you add to that another element of doing it for someone else – especially if they pay you for a prayer needle or something like that. <laughs> but you're helping somebody else out too, and they can appreciate appreciate uh, the work you do. So those are kind of the, the basic things I uh, look at. And, and I mentioned before, it's therapeutic. You know, get away from you – know, I'm a pastor. You mentioned that earlier on. Uh, get away from the regular routine, the, the rigors of – uh, writing sermons, preparing Bible classes, seeing people in the hospital, uh, going to meetings and say, okay, this is downtime. This is something totally different. It, it helps the uh, uh, the mind, the mental health as well. Just, okay, I'm going to do something different, be productive. Because as I look at it for us as pastors, we don't always get to see 
the uh, fruits of our labors. Mm -hmm. But when you make something, when you're uh, working with wood and put some pieces together or carve some things to, uh, out and, and say, oh, I did that. Look at that. Uh, so th those are the big uh, motivations there. And and why woodworking? Well, I'll give you this little story. Uh, my son, when he was in high school, uh, was on a robotics team. And um, they made uh, different robots for different kinds of competition each year. And these were big things. <laughs> it took a team of, of high school students to do this. I was one of the, not really coaches, but one of the helpers. And at, at that time, his first year of doing this, uh, my son got to do what's called a lathe, uh, but for metal. Now, I have a lathe for wood, but uh, he was doing lathe for metal. And it's kind of the same process, but different techniques because with metal, if you're carving it, trying to take a, um, uh, a cylinder and put little grooves in it, for example, uh, metal is cold, and it's messy because you have to put oil on it to you know, keep the friction from getting, making the metal too hot and things like this. And I remember thinking at that time, this was you know, probably a good I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. I remember thinking, yeah, I like wood much better. It's warmer. Yeah, it gets all <laughs> dusty and all over and everything like that. But, you know, metal is just, you know, colder, I would say. Not that it's bad or wrong, but so that, that's another thing that I like about wood. Interesting. I want to learn more about what's in your, your wood shop as well. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue our conversation. We're talking hobbies with Pastor Randy Asbury. He's, uh, his hobby is woodworking. So we'll continue that conversation right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking hobbies in this, and we're continuing our hobby series, and today we're talking with Pastor Randy Asbury of Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis. His hobby is woodworking, talking about working with his hands, creating things, and uh, Pastor, you, you just painted a beautiful picture for us earlier of how it's so helpful to you to be able to to create something, to to start something, to for it to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, to be able to, to step back and see that it's finished. How is this this hobby of woodworking, how does it relate to your various vocations? You mentioned how it can be a break from your day-to-day -day work, but how does it, it relate to all of your vocations? Well, let me relate it first of all to my uh, vocation as a pastor. I, I remember reading this somewhere, I forget who it was, but uh, the author said that uh, serving as a pastor, especially pastoral care, when you're caring for people in their time of need or just visiting visiting them uh, in general is a lot like woodworking. And that kind of piqued my curiosity there. <laughs> and I said, well, so I read on and, and he says, well, 
with woodworking, you have to follow the grain. You have to know the grain, how the grain works, how you can cut the grain, how you can put two pieces of wood together for, you know, strong joint. Uh, you have to figure out how the grain's working, <laughs> things like this. And and that uh, that influences my pastoral work. You have to go with the grain, not go with the flow, but go with the grain. You have to figure out what's going on in, say, a person's life uh, or in the congregational meeting, what's kind of the mood of the room sort of thing. Um, and also with uh, woodworking, you have to be precise, uh, especially in a lot of your measurements. Uh, what, what's the uh, the saying that goes with woodworking? Measure twice, cut once, right? <laughs> so you make sure you get the board the right length, for example. Uh, well, you do that in, in pastoral work too, or I find myself doing that too, of, of trying to be precise in, uh, say, what I say in a sermon or how I bring comfort to somebody in the hospital bed. Um, if I you know, bring a comfort that's for somebody who's has anxiety, but that's not going to help somebody who you know just had a knee replacement surgery, for example. Um, so learning uh, the, the those ins and outs, and, and also um, you mentioned tools before, Andy. I, I have lots of tools in my shop, and and uh, that, that's another way I look at my pastoral vo- vocation. What are my tools, and how do I use the tool the right way? And for the right job. So, for example, a sermon is uh, meant for everybody in the congregation. But the little devotion I do uh, beside the uh, bedside in the hospital, that's a different tool. Uh, The Lord's Supper is a different tool from baptism. Uh, These kinds of things kind of help shape my vocation as pastor as well. You mentioned the tools. I'm curious what you have uh, and if you have a few that are maybe favorites or or go-tos that are like the the really the really important tools in your shop. Oh my. Oh, how long do we have again? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, uh, every good worker woodworker needs a table saw. So you can cut pieces of plywood down to the right size or even other boards down to the right size and you can do different kinds of things with a table saw. I have a uh, what's called a compound miter saw. I cut angles and things like this. I have a drill press. I'm thinking the big ones off the top of my head here <laughs> where I can uh, drill holes in uh, for different purposes like putting a wheel on a uh, toy or something like that. I have a bandsaw. That's uh, for uh, cutting curves and, and uh, things like that that you can't do on a straight blade like a table saw. I have a router, or several routers actually, um, and that's used for different things like making a, an end, the end of a piece of wood flat or, or following a certain uh, template or making shapes, you know, rounding a piece off, things like that. Uh, so those are the biggies there, but you also need little tools like uh, hand planes, uh, screwdrivers, hammers, uh, circular saws. Um, all kinds of things. Oh, I have a really cool tool called a biscuit jointer. <laughs> what does that sound like to you? Going to make biscuits Something and stick food. them together? <laughs> Something <laughs> for food, right? No, but exactly. this, is, this is a fun tool where you can uh, join two pieces together, say in a bookcase or uh, something like that, and, and you uh, make this little cut. It's kind of a half circle on one end and half circle on the other end, and you put this little thing in between that's uh, a little oval shape, looks like a little football, and you... Uh, 
glue them together, and that's the biscuit, that little thing that goes in between. And it holds the wood great. I love it because then I don't have to use nails and screws, and you can't see how it's joined together. Now, if we gave it an American name, would it be the cookie jointer? <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if it's English versus American on that name. So. <laughs> Funny. So you just listed a whole bunch of really great tools. Do you have one that, that like, if you, if you could only have one tool <laughs> in, in your shop, um, what's the one tool you, you had to keep? That's, that's a mean question, isn't it? It, it is, because it's kind of like asking me to choose my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> no, if you're talking for uh, utility or usefulness, uh, the table saw has got to be it, because you can, uh, uh, that's so basic, you can do uh, great cuts and, and do some very basic woodworking and, and uh, even grow, grow from there with just a table saw, can, once you learn how to do different things. Uh, but that's for utility. Uh, if I had to choose a favorite based on what it does and, and how much it can do, I'd probably have to choose the router because uh, that's a uh, kind of a cylinder-looking tool, and you put a bit on it, and you can put all kinds of different bits on it to do all kinds of different things, like shape a, the edge of a piece of wood to be rounded. That's what they call a roundover or give it decorative shapes. You can also use it to carve out things. Um, I made uh, last Christmas, I made a, a game board for my son for Christmas. Uh, he's into this game called Dominion. Yes. It has all these little parts. Oh, yes, Sarah knows this. Um, I love that. I love it. And it, it's a <laughs> rotating game board, so it's on a Lazy Susan. But on the top of the game board, it has slots in it for the cards and for the uh, you know little you know coins and things like that. And so... Uh, had to figure out how to do that with a, a router and did all that carving out of these little things out of uh, a solid piece of wood, but made all these little, uh, you know, circular holes and, and uh, card shaped holes and things like that. So uh, that would be my favorite um, for use. Well, for, for all the things it can do uh, is a router. That sounds awesome. I think I need one of those now also. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I know how to make it. The first time I was figuring it out. Uh, do you have Do you have some? Uh, we talked about some some tips for newbies. Do you have some some do's and don'ts? Maybe some things to definitely not do or try uh, when you're doing woodworking. Oh boy, there are all kinds of do's and don'ts. I mean, uh, don't get your uh, fingers or or your hands too close to the blade, for example. That's a general rule of thumb. Um, but also, uh, you know, don't breathe the uh, mm. the sawdust if you uh, can help it. You know, have a mask uh, for for that, especially you know when you're sanding or, or th creating a lot of dust. Uh, always wear eye protection. Know the tool. Uh, as as uh, several people who do shows always say, read and know your owner's manual and <laughs> what makes the tool work and things like that. Uh, take care of your tools. Uh, they will not work if you don't keep the blade sharp or keep things clean, uh, things like that. Uh, so a lot of different tips here, but uh, maybe in the more what, proactive or encouraging sense, um, like I said before, just do it. Um, you know, do a project. You know, find something you can handle with what you have, whether it's uh, you know a handsaw or a hand plane 
you know, versus the powered tools and things like that. And, uh, you know, get that sense of satisfaction and, and accomplishment. What is your most memorable mistake in the wood shop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the most memorable one, huh? Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Well, this one's probably a, a basic one. Uh, but I do remember this one. I was, uh, I was back in that uh, uh, bookcase project I mentioned before. I was cutting uh, a pretty good-sized piece of wood on the table saw. And, uh, you know, with a table saw, you have to feed it through straight and uh, and uh, make the cut. And this one, somehow, I, I don't know, got distracted or, or whatever happened. And it didn't go through quite straight. And so... Uh, if you know anything about the table saw, the blade is is turning toward you as you're feeding the wood in, mm -hmm. and it kicked that big piece of wood out and hit me kind of right in the hip. Oh, oh I remember that one. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's why they always say, you know, stand to the side, yeah, or keep it keep it straight, things like that. Um, I've had was... close calls, but uh, mistakes. Uh, I, I think uh, maybe. One mistake, another mistake I can remember is I'm just going along back to my uh, prayer kneelers here. And it's like, I know how to do this. I'm doing this and get down to the assembly part of the project. And, you know, the shelf in in the prayer kneeler where you can put mm -hmm. your books underneath the, the slanted part there. Mm -hmm. Got to assembling it and the whole thing was about a half inch too short. Oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> and and that had been several days before that I made that part. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, things like that happen. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Yes, exactly. So you just start food. over and uh, move on and hope nobody saw you. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Randy Asbury, Hope Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Thanks for sharing your hobby story with us on woodworking. It's been a pleasure catching up with you today and, uh, and hearing your story. Thank you, Andy and Sarah. It's uh, good to be with you again and hear your voices. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.